I am not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Michael Scott. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, available on HBO Max, is a 2021 supernatural horror film and is the latest film in the Conjuring series. The opening credits claim that it is based on a true story about Arnie Johnson, the first person in the U.S. to ever use the defense that he was possessed by a demon that made him commit murder. The film amplifies the story for cinematic purposes and we dive into the accuracy and compare the movie to the real life case, telling you just exactly how much is based on the true story while also reviewing the overall film. The official synopsis reads that The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, reveals a chilling story of terror, murder, and unknown evil that shocked even experienced real-life paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay guys, so this week was my choice and I picked The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. I am a big horror movie fan, um, even though I haven't seen a lot of the classics. I do, I've always enjoyed horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> fan without a foundation. Yes. So I obviously like have made it very clear that I'm not a movie watcher, but for some reason I've always, anytime a new horror movie came out, like I've always wanted to go watch it and it's always kept my attention 100%, even though I have, there was a lot, and I heard like after talking to people later, there's a lot of references like in this movie and I kind of like the little Easter eggs that horror movies have, even though like I don't get any of them. But I've seen all of the Conjuring movies and then Annabelle 1 and 2, which I believe, I think there's, obviously there's two other Conjurings. There's two Annabelles, I think. And then it says, I read somewhere that there's eight in the series, but I don't know. Um, yeah, so there's there's the three Conjurings now. There's the Annabelle, like two Annabelles. There's like Annabelle and then like Annabelle Rising or something like that. Mm. Well, it's and all then, in the universe. Yeah, and then I think they did uh, a nun or two movie uh, about the nun. Remember in the painting? I forgot mm. all about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen those, but I've seen all the movies in the like I watched them as they came out. I don't have any like really like backstory on them, and I know that that was my whole goal was I wanted to watch all of them before I watched this one, but it was just like I didn't have the time for it. But I did, like, recognize, mm -hmm. like, I know, like, the cameraman made, like, at the beginning made a little, like, whenever he gets knocked over. I, I remember him from the other ones. And then, like, the room, obviously, where they keep, like, the artifacts. So, like, I recognized all of that. So, mm -hmm. so movie opens up with the Gotzold family's home, which was completely, like, wrecked, right? Everyone's, like, obviously, like, tired. So it's got, it's David, who is the little boy who's, like, the exorcism's going to be performed on. It was a pretty convoluted plot. It's got his mm. sister, Debbie, and her boyfriend, Arnie, their parents. And then it's got Lorraine and Ed Warren, who are, like, the demonologists. They're the ones who, like, always, like, are the ones going to, like, they're the main characters of the show, right? So it mm, opens up yeah. with them being like extremely like the series. Yeah. Oh yeah. the series, yeah. <laughs> it opens up and then they're all just like exhausted, you know. And you can kind of tell that they're just like they're kind of over it, right? Or like they're just kind of like ugh, like tired of doing what they've been doing. So 
Um, Ed saying like Ed like makes a comment to Larian at one point that he can't remember an exorcism quite like that. So which was kind of like you're kind of like oh like this is different than other movies. Um, they make a con. They also like bring up that the Catholic Church has approved the exorcism, so mm-hmm. and that the father is on his way to perform it. So at that point, Arnie takes David upstairs and has him lay down, which I thought was really stupid. But of course, it's a horror movie, and he tells him that he's like really brave and that um he's not gonna let anything bad happen to him. After he leaves, Father Gordon arrives, and David obviously is trying to get a little nap in before. He- you know, the demon is removed, uh, but he wakes up to the clawing at his bedroom door. So he gets like super freaked out, runs in the bathroom, and then he like gets in the bathtub and then blood starts coming out of the shower. And there's like that demon hand holding the rail, which I jumped over. I know it's a jump scare, but, and I knew I saw it coming, but I still jumped. Um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that part was a little scary too. Probably like one of the better jump scares. Yeah. That one took, took me out. (laughs) <laughs> David loses his shit at this point and the rest of the house is obviously here's what's going on they run up there they see that David's like nowhere to be found right and then his shadow comes up out of nowhere with a knife and he starts attacking his dad but they get him pulled apart and as they're taking him down the stairs he just claws up the wall which is just like you're, it's like build up right you're like oh god what's about to happen yeah they're like the father gordon who is apparently an idiot was like yeah let's go to the church and they're like yeah i don't think there's time for that um but this has to happen like right now so as they start kind of doing the exorcism like dishes start flying you know the whole works like they like things start breaking lights are flickering like i said the cameraman gets knocked toppled over and like the all the drama um so then at one point, uh, oh, and then the de- oh, when David's body turns into a pretzel, that was oh, yeah. not fun to watch. I did not like that part. Apparently, it's like a really iconic loop scene in the movie. Just kind of contorts all crazy. I'm going to be honest. I was listening to that and I was like, what the heck do you mean turned like for some <laughs> reason? My goofy self was thinking you meant a literal pretzel. <laughs> I was like, does she think we're not listening and is just saying gibberish at this point to try to see if we'll catch on? And I realized what you meant, yeah, when he like reverse Spider-Man's himself. Yeah, just contorts all crazy. During the exorcism, yeah. Or the failed exorcism, I guess. Yeah. I mean, technically they removed him, right? He just popped over (laughs) to somebody else. Yeah, and so that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie, too, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was pretty excited at first when I saw all that. I, I've I've watched most of the Conjuring movies too. Um, actually, I think I've seen all of them except I think there may be one of the Nun movies. But to be honest, I think those Nun movies, there's like one of them. I think it's old times when the Nun is just had died or newly dead or is still sort of alive or whatever, and it doesn't even have the Warrens in it. If I remember right, it's still based on that same character, um, sort of same universe type thing. Um, but almost all of them have the Warrens, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. And what's weird is these movies came out kind of right around the Insidious movies, and they're so similar for the kind of, you know, generally. Uh, Patrick Wilson even looks like the guy that, or looks hmm. similar to the guy in Insidious. Let's see this dude. Yeah. Oh, wait, am I stupid? Are they the same person still? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's him. Yeah, yeah, it's him. 
How bizarre is that that you get cast in two of these almost identical roles? Right? Because they made a couple they made a couple insidious movies too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, at least at least two. I gotta pull Yeah, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Literally I remember the same him guy. from uh, That's crazy. from the Watchmen. He played Night Owl in the Watchmen. That's how I know him. Was that the blue naked guy? No, he's like the owl looking dude. Oh. It's kinda like a Batman, but he was owl. <laughs> I recently saw Hard Candy from him. Uh I think it's uh Patrick Wilson and Elliot Page in a movie together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really bizarre I think it's just them throughout the whole movie. Um, but anyways. Yeah, so I, I like the conjuring movies. It is bizarre that there's two almost identical franchises that are I wonder if somewhat connected in any way or whatever. That's weird that they would cast them to do the same thing. Anyways. <laughs> I was really confused about the storyline. Sorry, I was like combining those two in my head. So now that you said the same yeah. person, I'm like, what? What is the truth? Yeah, I'm. I'm a little. I'm a little um, torn with this movie just because I get that they had to try something different. You know, this is the th- third main installment, eighth almost maybe um, installment in this franchise. But I feel like the witchcraft angle to me in the whole having a physical villain fell a little flat. Um, it was it was a bizarre thing to try. And I actually looked up, so a lot of their these movies are somewhat loosely based on real stories. Mm-hmm. But this one wasn't, well, this one is based on a real event where it's based on a true event of a guy, but the witchcraft angle wasn't really there. Um, the guy later, the guy and his brother later sued the Warrens Mm -hmm. over their book, basically saying it was uh, libel or something like that. Um, I'm sure Landry, you could give us more on that. Yeah. Like apparently in the actual like thing, there was no, in the actual case, there was no witch's totem found at the crime scene. The victim was actually Arnie's landlord. The location was outside a dog kennel, not inside the house. Uh, there was more witnesses to the murder and more. And even Arnie never brought up the the whole um, like demon possession. That was like an angle that his uh, lawyer was going for. And it was dismissed. And he ended up um, getting sentenced to 10 to 20 years. And he only served five and was released on good behavior. Damn. Yeah, it says it even says at the the very very end, like when it's doing the wrap up, you know about the how long he actually served. But I, I that's where I'm kind of torn. Is like I get that they had to try something else, right? Yeah. They can't just do another demon possession that they go in, they try to exercise it. It's the strongest one we've had yet. That's kind of the one what they do, you know. Each time each movie, it's they've never faced something quite like this. Right, and this one. I think would be taking place at the very end of the uh, like series or at least the latest in the series storyline, right? It's the eighties, I think, right? 81. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other ones are in the seventies. So yeah, I mean, I, I like horror films a lot too. And I've, I watch pretty much exclu- exclusively horror films for the most part. And I do really like this, uh, the series, I guess you can call it a series, right? There's enough of them now. It's like, I guess that's how you'd refer yeah. to it. Um, the Brand Conjuring shows. being more probably like a trilogy because there's three of them now. 
Um, I do feel like this particular one's probably the weakest of the three. It's not like yeah, a huge, definitely agreed. Yeah, it's not like a huge step down. Um, I just don't think it held up as much as to to the other films, you know. And I don't know if that's because there's like a different director in this one. Um, but I do like how, and they all kind of start like that, how it kind of just segues into the main story, but it kind of starts off like what happens prior. And I've always kind of liked that because it's kind of like, you know, with uh, the Annabelle story, they had that in um, one of the other ones. Um, I always thought that was kind of cool. But this yeah. one, I guess, kind of pertained to the, the actual story itself, <clears throat> kind of showing you what happened. Um. But it did feel like a different movie, though. Like, you know, after kind of that opening scene, it kind of just started to do its own thing. Uh, you know, with, uh, I think, Vera and Patrick, I think the actors' names. Yeah. They're both, like, you know, awesome and charming, as always, like, in all the other films. They're, like, probably my favorite characters in, in all of them anyway. They're kinda, they kind of make the movies for the most part. But, yeah, I mean, I, li I liked it. I kind of felt like there wasn't... Some of the jump scares were kind of builds up to it and then it happens and then you're like oh, okay and then it just kind of carries on and there wasn't really much of like just didn't really do it for me you know they're like other than a couple like first two with the little boy on the maybe on the waterbed and then the other time in the shower that like those are the only two that kind of really like spooked me a little bit you know yeah they definitely took it a complete different direction this time around yeah yeah but yeah, i think everybody, all the actors were really good in it i liked everybody uh I think like, I just realized I was looking at this and the guy that plays the retired priest is the steward of Gondor and Lord of the Rings who have actually, yeah. I've seen a couple times here in Austin. It's pretty funny. You would notice that you nerd. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's the steward of Gondor. <laughs> um, but you know, I don't think this is a terrible movie. I, as far as like the, it's the franchise. Um, I think it kind of falls a little flat, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. Okay, so what E3 happened, right? Isn't that there's a whole bunch of games coming out? What is E3? So it's like a big event where they, where they just talk about like a bunch of games coming out and a bunch of companies get together. And that's usually like some of the bigger. It's like a games. fashion show for video games, basically. Yeah. And it's usually like, like when follow, the real follow video game companies come together <laughs> yeah. to show off their goods. And it's usually the real big, like anticipated, you know, like AAA games that are coming out and stuff. And it's usually like, you know, all in, uh, some pretty major stuff that everybody's real hyped about. Um, so I didn't really watch it. I kind of skimmed through some of the games that were like coming out, and there's um, well, Starfield, that Bethesda game that they're working on, looks really cool. It's not going to mm -hmm. come out until like November 11th of 2022, I think. Uh, but it looks really neat, and I think it's only going to be an Xbox exclusive at first, which is kind of lame, honestly. I'm not super stoked about that, but they might change that, honestly. That might mean Game Pass, though. That oh, yeah. might not mean just on the console. Yeah, that's true. Because they have, they, not only that, but they also have their, uh, like, remote play thing. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so that might be maybe kind of a, another way of hooking people into their... Uh, game pass thing they had some other like the star wars thing they kind of used to hook people into that i felt like giving that away for free on there or not for free but subscription wise yeah. I mean, it, it looks really cool it's probably going to be really buggy on release because it's a bethesda game and i imagine i mean what well, uh, sony owns or not sony uh microsoft owns it right now right bethesda yeah 
They just recently finished the sale on that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a little while for that one, but that looks cool. And the other one was um, Elden Ring. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's kind of like a Dark Souls, Bloodborne kind of uh, thing that's written by or George R. R. Martin's helping write it. Um, it looks really interesting. It looks like a lot of fun. I think it's like Bandai and Amco uh, that's going to put it out. Um, that's going to be around the same, t- like early 2022. Yeah. Uh, those two games look really neat. Um, but yeah, that one's going to be, like I said, like a, a Dark Souls kind of thing. But the story looks really like kind of interesting and kind of unique. So, And having like a George R. R. Martin on it might be fun. Fully and better than the ending of Game of Thrones, but we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Did you watch that, Landry? Did you watch Game of no, Thrones? No, I was going to read the books first. Yeah. They're not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I bet those never get finished, to be honest. And I guess Sony's going to reinstate Cyberpunk on the uh, old PlayStation th- store again, but they're already putting like a warning out for, for PS4 users. Yeah. That's a little bit away. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're doing it in like next month or the end of the month or so. Well, they're supposed to be like, they're working on it pretty actively and they're supposed to like be fixing a lot of problems and stuff. So, I mean, honestly, maybe a couple yeah. more years and it might be a really good game, you know? Might give it another go at some point. Yeah. But, you know, it got me thinking about, like, uh, maybe open world games or some open world games being, like, just too big. And maybe that was, like, a big issue with that one. Just maybe just too much. Maybe they could have condensed it a little more. It might have helped it out a little bit. You know, because you could have a big well, I, map I think there were a lot of problems wrong with Cyberpunk. Right, yeah. There was. But, yeah, just having, like, a big map with nothing in it doesn't really you know, do much for anybody. You know, I'd rather have something yeah, like smaller sure. with just lots of stuff to do. You know, I guess they're already like saying like PS4 users to like they're going to have kind of the same problems and stuff. They kind of recommend you to play it on, you know, the newer PlayStation and stuff. Yeah. Doesn't really matter for uh, PC users. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let me hit you guys with the question. Philosophical question, if you will. If you, uh, you go number two in your pants. You you cleaning out and keeping them underwears or are you throwing them out? <laughs> Wait, like have have we or like if it happened, like hypothetical? Like what just general policy? Oh, th- I'm throwing those away. There ain't no saving that. <laughs> throwing the whole thing out. Maybe the shoes too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all were involved so somehow. This was collusion. Y'all be colluding <laughs> on me. I actually have a little story if you want me to tell it real quick. Sure. <laughs> does it relate to what he just said? <laughs> it, does, it does. It does. So when I was in like elementary, I don't remember, maybe second grade or something, uh, me and my older brother were walking to school and we got about halfway there and like he farted trying to make me laugh and I thought it was hilarious. So I was like, oh, I'm going to fart too. Like, <laughs> and I tried and <laughs> it, was, it went way south. <laughs> so i had to turn around and walk all the way back with just like a mess (laughs) (laughs) i I got all cleaned up and took a shower and then i walked back to school and i was late and they're like oh why are you late and i'm like uh i had to change my clothes (laughs) i poopied myself (laughs) i don't know that's just like it just sticks it's just in my head forever i think about it all the time honestly it's like Kind of traumatized me. Yeah, but my brother roasted me for a long time for that. Nice. 
But yeah, right in the trash. You don't keep those. They're just, they're just, they're done. <laughs> they're gone forever. <laughs> the one and done. Yeah, that's funny. All right, so we have a, a I guess a sort of, t- I was today years old when I learned, but I actually learned about this a while back. Uh, I forgot that I had a little folder saved of a couple interesting things or something else I was going to do. I didn't end up using them for. But I thought this one was just too funny to not share. So there was an FBI agent named Robert Henson. He was tasked to find a mole within the FBI after the FBI's moles in the KGB were caught. And the KGB basically is like Russia's FBI for those. The KGB waits for nobody. (laughs) KGB waits for no one. (laughs) Robert Henson was the mole. And had been working with the KGB since 1979. <laughs> I thought maybe you were talking so they, about the serial killer. What? There's a serial killer named Robert Hansen, too. That's what I thought you were talking about. Oh, really? I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, so the guy that was actually the mole was tasked with finding the mole. <laughs> he's actually born in the U.S., too, so at some point, I guess he was I guess he's good at his job. Flipped, yeah. right? He's... Yeah, I mean, he's good at one of his jobs. I mean, he didn't find the mole, did he? <laughs> he's like, somebody, somebody in here. It's not who they say they are. Yeah. It's almost like something you'd see in a sitcom, for sure. Yeah, that's too funny. The next one is, uh, this is something I'd also known for a little bit, but it was recently inspired because we've all seen the signs about, you know, he's like, Oh, sorry for the long waits. Nobody wants to work. They'd rather collect unemployment when really they're just no one paying well enough. That, you know, that whole goat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've always heard that Costco was a fairly decent place to work, but the wages are apparently pretty decent. The general happiness is pretty good. But I don't know if, have any of you been to Costco? Either of you been to Costco? Yeah. I actually went like maybe last week. Okay. I don't. I have a Sam's Club membership. It's like, as I say, it's like a Sam's Club, basically the same thing. But in Costco, and I've never been to one until recently, so I'm fairly new to the Costco life, the whole Kirkland brand and whatnot. They have a little deli-type food court deal in Costco where you can get pizzas and hot dogs. I guess they used to have a lot bigger menu, but they've kind of scaled it back some. But to get a hot dog, and they have their hot dogs are real life. like It's like a, a foot long almost, if not you know, slightly over. Pretty, pretty big hot dog, nice... Nice size bun and whatnot. Um, you get that in a fountain drink for a dollar fifty. It has been a dollar fifty since Costco first opened in nineteen eighty four. And after one point, a company president complained that they were losing money on it because I mean, obviously, you can't make money on a dollar fifty for a drink and a hot dog. Yeah. The CEO Jim Seingel, Seingel, whatever, put his foot down and said, and it's quoted because I've heard this from a couple different places with it quotes, if you raise the price of the effing hot dog, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> it's someone, yeah, that's someone that understands good business. <laughs> Some companies still know how business works. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you just try to keep customers happy. Some people just want that kind of yeah. stuff. It's like the whole give them the pickle thing. You know, it's like if a customer wants their pickle or whatever, and you just give them their fucking pickle for free. Without the effing. <laughs> right. Uh, 
yeah, I've uh, I've heard that that story a couple times about Costco. I always thought that was funny that it's quoted. So like you know that that was one of those either super embellished moments or like jaw dropper conference room moments. Yeah, that's that's hilarious though. That dude got real turned up for that. <laughs> okay, so like we have this like really awesome oh beginning of the movie like the first like 10 minutes are really like all over the place like it's kind of setting it up for what you believe to be an like an intense movie like from start to finish it's got it's got all those little things we kind of talked about where they're like we've never seen one like this before and you know it and yeah so it's kind of like the strongest one yet yeah so it's kind of like building <laughs> it up to where it's like i because i mean i went into it knowing that i liked the other ones so i was like okay yeah like, for this sure will be an even better one and i kind of like wonder if that's kind of i don't know if you guys have or if you're like How I Met Your Mother fans, but I don't know if y'all have ever seen the episode or heard the theory where it's just like, like really like monumental, like birthdays or hol- like New Year's holidays that are supposed to be like really, really good. Never live up to the expectation because you have all that expectation for them. Because, mm, you yeah. know, so it's kind of like, that's what it kind of reminded me of, like in that sense, because like it was built up and that those opening, that opening scene was really, really good. But overall, like, I think like that initial jump scare got me and then there was maybe like two more. I I'm trying to remember what they were that made me yeah. jump like I jumped and Ben cuz I was oh I didn't even tell you guys. So me and Ben watched it together but like he's like obviously not here so we <laughs> I told him we were like to watch The Conjuring with me and he hates scary movies so I had to convince him. He gets really? it. Yeah, he hates scary movies. He ju- he yelled at one point. I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, are you okay? That's but funny. we got five minutes into this movie, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, that's that doll. I remember that doll. And I was like, Ben, what doll are you talking about? And he's like, I know. Because like, we then we started arguing, because I'm like, I don't see a doll. And come to find out, he was watching The Conjuring 1, and I was watching The Conjuring 3. <laughs> so I was like, why would we be watching that one? So I had to restart again. <laughs> But yeah, we were watching Good the wrong job. movie for a minute there. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> but yeah, so overall, like I I like I said, I do like these movies. I thought it was really, really good. I did get kind of confused um as the movie kind of played out and they went to like to find out like the girl like the side story of the girl who like killed her friend in the woods. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I so I watched this twice because the first time I was honestly pretty bored, but also really tired. So I turned it off and then I restarted it and watched it all the way through again. Um, And like you were saying about how the beginning is so intense, I was really expecting because of the way the other movies were that to be setting how you said the stage for the rest of the movie and be, you know, super good, super crazy but then they went the other direction of how they wanted this movie to be. And it just, I think that to me is, was its flaw. And you can't blame them for attempting something slightly different from their, their formula. But it, I think the beginning hurt it. I, I feel like if they would have went a different direction with the beginning, they could have, you know, they should have went for that slow burn type mm. anxiety, fear, you know, if that's what they were wanting. And yeah. not get us with those three jump scares at the get go, yeah. Or you know the waterbed, the shower. Yeah. I don't. I think there was one more yeah. him kind of pretzeling himself, <laughs> pretzel mode. <laughs> uh, 
Autobots <laughs> transforming, yeah. roll out. Yeah. yeah, he's he's doing the he's doing the frying pan bacon maneuver. <laughs> Fairly odd dance. Quick tangent: When I was a little kid, there was a show on like Adult Swim or something, and it was showing the house of the future, and it showed a frying pan. And, you know, everything's chrome and has buttons and things happen. But the frying pan, I don't know why I remember this. When you fried bacon, it showed the bacon curl up and you press a button on the frying pan. A little hammer came out and hit the bacon and it would flatten out. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why that stuck with me my whole life. But I think about that from time to time. Just get a that bacon, came up bacon when, I was, press. when I was. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that'd be the simple method. Or the oven. This was a cartoon, Mikey. This isn't like yeah, it wasn't Sky Mall. <laughs> I think it was Smart House all the time. Like what a like that. That was right? a lot of a lot of. Speaking of Disney movies, Smart House was honestly one of my favorites. But speaking of Disney movies, did you ever watch Johnny Tsunami? Yeah. Oh God! Apparently, I saw a TikTok the other day. Apparently, that's one of the first recorded uses. Uh, recorded usage. Usages, usage is that right? Usages, there we go. Of sheesh at the end, <laughs> at the end, his grandpa says that to him, something about catching waves or something. He's like sheesh, and then walks away. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Added to. <laughs> there was a lot of really weird Disney movies. Anyways. Mm. The Conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, the yeah, I did get kind of confused by that little side story they had going on, but... What confused me even more with that is the fact that that ended up connecting to what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. It definitely deviated from the whole, like, possession thing at first. And maybe that's just because of, like, the real, the real story. Um you know, probably wasn't too much more than a court case and then some psych evaluations and then like the dude gets trialed, you know, for murder or whatever. But um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it kind of moved away from that a little bit. So there was a couple things that confused me often during the movie. One, I was super confused at who like Arnie was to them. So for some reason, I kept thinking that Arnie, his girlfriend I thought the girlfriend was the Warren's daughter the first time I watched was watching it because she appears at one point and they look really similar because they have that young daughter. Yeah. That they, they really play up in the last movie as doing something, you know, she's has that home alone situation with all the artifacts in their house. Mm -hmm. But then they show her daughter, their daughter for like one scene. And for some reason I kept thinking that Arnie's girlfriend was the daughter. And I was like, why is this little kid like, it, it, that was confusing that weird side story that it was like a side quest that happened to be a main quest for some reason <laughs> yeah and then the other thing that confused me is since it was an actual like it was a witch like a, an alive human being doing satanic rituals and curses and whatnot mm -hmm. how the heck did she pick that little kid or how did she get that, like because they never explain like why yeah, the, yeah this like when that or... starts like she wasn't even living near them yeah that i could tell it wasn't like the witch lady like how does one randomly pick a remote person to possess with a demon right. 
you know, and I get that Lorraine had that, you know, Force Awakens uh, two-way vision tunnel with the witch lady. <laughs> the witch so lady. I think, but it didn't. I think the FUG was already under the house before they moved in, right? Because it was under the waterbed, like the fo- under the floorboard. Uh, no, the- so the witch was sending those to people. So, because you remember when, when, when the witch sees through Lorraine's eyes in the forest, when she's like, "Oh, they can," it's it works both ways, or whatever she says there. Mm-hmm. They, she then sends an effigy to the the Warrens because she knows the witch knows. Uh, what was the witch's name? I don't even remember. Well, I thought I thought when they were moving into that house before any of the demonic stuff starts happening. Remember, he sees that thing in the waterbed, and they find out they get rid of the waterbed later, and they find out that. Um, there's like the a water was, that stain and he's like that's yeah, not water is yeah, that it what like it was the, the FUG was under the house and the, right under where the okay. waterbed was yeah I guess I'm just slow or something because I, I was like which is even more confusing honestly I mean because it's like why yeah, was did it the there? witch move from there yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point too they just randomly move in that house and she's like oh, I guess that's the next victim you know it's like that's compounded with the side quest portion with those two girls like how did the witch find those two girls? It just seems like the witch is remotely possessing people almost at random to fit the agenda of the story of the curses. Because yeah. from what I gathered, you know, there's the witch that made a deal. or a, 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 It was the priest's daughter or something, right? Or some dude's daughter in the movie. Made um, a deal where she then had to perform the a couple rituals for a demon. Yeah. To so to save her own soul, right? I I was I don't know. It was really confusing, like we said, but <laughs> anyways, those were the things that confused me. <laughs> Whenever they like go to that like the retired priest house, I don't think that's how you say mm. it. And I don't know if y'all remember, but when they were at the top of the stairs. Kastner. Yeah. And they were like, I don't wanna she was like, I don't wanna go down there. I was like, sus. Because I was like, they have a yeah. whole room of like artifacts I was, or I was just yeah. going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. kind of played it out. And so then whenever they found out it was a real person, I just knew. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I just knew the whole time. But I did remember that. Because I was like, that was really like su- like a sus scene that like I caught on to. Where I was like, yeah. she's got all this stuff. And they've done all these things. But she was she like felt the evil presence and wouldn't go down to that area. Like, there's something there, you know. So did he know that his daughter was evil living in the basement? He was aware? Yeah, there was a couple of like like hypocritical kind of things like that. Like them being like, oh, we don't want to go down there, even though we have our own evil artifact stuff at home. Like we're not going to go down (laughs) into your thing with your evil artifacts. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, it's like a bad driver being okay when they drive, but not trusting (laughs) someone else when they're driving. Yeah. (laughs) Okay when it's my house, not yours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but overall i feel like and that was something i asked um whenever the film ended because like my dad and his girlfriend have watched it so i was talking i was like yeah like i told him i was like i thought the movie was good i was like i, I was like i guess i missed it where it tied like the oculus to the boy like david and to arnie i was like i don't know how like that happened and they were like they never explained that so i was like oh okay so i'm not just like silly but i feel like that kind of happened a few times where there were kind of like loosens and just they, I feel like they didn't wrap it up like well enough. Yeah. Yeah. I also felt like, were they trying to go for like a, a like a nun type character with her? Cause she was kind of like, you know, dressed similar and a little gaunt and like, you know, 
I think she was a witch type character, yeah. like a witchcraft, you know, voodoo. I mean, I'm sure they were invoking that kind of scary, stern, yeah. Victorian appeal, I, I guess, sort of. You know, they definitely explored uh, Lorraine and Ed's relationship, which was nice, just because we've had these two characters for so many movies. Yeah. But I, I don't know, maybe I just expected something different when it yeah. came to you know, what was going to happen in the movie. Uh, it just sat differently with me than I was really hoping. Like I said, I tried to watch it in one time and I ended up not. Um, the only reason I watched it and finished it was because we were doing this. Yeah. I but thought, I loved every other. Uh, I should, yeah, I should say, you know, I loved every single of the other ones. Right. Yeah. They've Even the really nun good. one that was a little weaker, the standalone, like old timey nun one that was. Um, yeah. I think that was connected. I, I'm not even positive, to be honest. Yeah. I did like um, how in this one with Ed, you know, him having that heart attack and it kind of crippled him in a sense through the whole most of the movie. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, decision because he like, you know, he's always kind of been it's been him and her the whole time kind of helping each other and with him kind of handicapped a little bit. It kind of like fell on her a lot to do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so overall, I think as um as a horror movie, it's good. I liked it. Um, kind of being part of that trilogy, I do think it's weaker than the others, but not in a sense. It's like a huge step down and it bombed. Like, I think it's good. Yeah, I liked the intro. It was kind of like the same feeling as the other movies. They did a really good job with that. Um, Michael Chavez, right, the director. Um, mm-hmm. he's done some other m- movies in the style. I think. Uh, I think he does pretty much exclusively horror movies. I think I could be wrong about that. Um, and a lot of those jump scares in this, I it felt kind of similar to what I've seen from him. I think like La Llorona, it's like another movie he did. Um, it's, it felt like the same kind of build up and like, you know, the, the, the jump scare happens and then it kind of just, you know, fizzles out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, I don't think I was disappointed. It did feel like they kind of deviated from like the main story a little bit which like i said maybe it's just because it wasn't all that i don't know not too much more to like to build on it other than like the guy goes to jail or that mental institute or whatever it was right there was a couple times while i was watching it i was like it's almost like the people that are having these experiences is just happening in their heads because like anytime something would happen like somebody would come in the room or that police officer stopped uh arnie at that one time when he's walking down the road after he'd stabbed bruno right um, yeah. it kind of just switches off and it's like, well, maybe it's in, just in their heads almost maybe like just that little boy and, um, and Arnie, you know, this couple times he saw them. So yeah, I mean, I guess all together it's, it's a good movie and I would recommend it as a conjuring kind of thing. I think it fits well as a trilogy in there too. So yeah, I would give it a, I would give it a thumbs up. All right. This is probably one of the first times I wish I would have had a little bit of insight going into a movie instead of watching it blind, just because it is a a third ish and i didn't i didn't realize like you said this is a different director than mm. the first two of the like i guess main movies so the country yeah. one and two james wan is the other director yeah yeah and i feel like maybe that had something to do with it but again how good would it have been if they would have just pumped out another third just kind of similar movie you know they ha- mm-hmm. they did a well enough job of doing the first and second being different enough but still very similar I kind of wished it was more scary, a little bit more, because that's the kind of horror movie I like. 
This was more of like a, not even a slow burn type. It's not like the witch or midsummer or hereditary type slow burn. Um, but it was almost like a lot of buildup. It was like, you know, it was almost like edging the movie. Yeah. Um, because the, you have the jump scare, you know, Lorraine's in the woods with that, with that vision before she sees the two girls come out from behind the tree. Um, when they're trying to see where the girl's body is, basically Lorraine's helping the, the police. Mm-hmm. And it's making that creepy creaking noise and you think something's about to come from the tree and then it's kind of an anticlimactic, just slight, they come out from behind the tree and they're running. And that is creepy that they just appeared out of nowhere, but it's not really the same thing. It just kind of teases the scare, even though that jump scare thing doesn't really always work and it's not really great all the time, in my opinion. It's kind of the way The Conjuring worked. But it was still good. You know, I, I think the acting is always going to be good in this big of a, a title. You know, these actors have been doing this kind of movie for a while now, or at least the, you know, the main two. As for Conjuring, definitely it's the weakest of the three that I really remember, probably above none, which I'm pretty sure is considering a Conjuring movie. I, I yeah. was going to look it up, but I got distracted. Yeah, it's in the same. Uh, right I, around. Yeah. So the nun was in the second one, I think, right? Yes. So the nun appears a couple times in in a few movies, similar to Annabelle. How Annabelle kind of appears and then gets their her own movie. Um, you know, I'd put it around maybe Annabelle. I, I didn't mind Annabelle though. You know, I liked a lot of that those kinds of side movies that they did. I thought they were interesting. Obviously, they're just milking for money for these titles, but there's nothing wrong with that if they're doing it well. Right. I think the second Conjuring movie might be my favorite with that British family when they go to help them. The the little girls in that, I don't know if you've seen that movie or not, but the Landry, have you seen the first two? I have. It's just been so long that I can't really like. Yeah. So I was going to rewatch them like we said earlier, but I didn't get around to it, but I'm going to probably still do that just because once just kind of rewatching this one and going over it tonight started bringing up some of the memories and I I really like that second one those little girls do super good in their roles uh, it was just so creepy hearing that old man's voice come out of the little girl's mouth but yeah, uh, yeah I would definitely recommend it you know it's definitely not a horror movie conventional horror movie it's I would almost put it more in kind of like an action movie category even though it is still technically a horror movie uh, there wasn't a lot of you know per se horror the beginning is the most exciting part of the movie for the most part right like the rest of it's kind of exciting, but just kind of, yeah. Um, I don't like the, I think for me, what really made it not stand out was I don't really like the human antagonist in these kinds of movies. I think it makes it go into a different realm. In my opinion, it's, it's almost like no longer an unstoppable force. Right. Yeah. That's why you don't feeling, see, you know, that's why you don't see that a lot in, in horror movies. Honestly, you don't usually see that kind of uh, an antagonist. It's usually something like supernatural or something. Yeah, and, and granted, the, the lady had made a deal with a demon. And it wasn't even anything demonic besides a demon. And I get, uh, you know, demon works for the devil or whatever, but the, the title kind of bothered me after I watched it. I was like, you know, I was hoping someone sold their soul to the devil, not like was working with a demon, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's a nitpicky small thing. But anyways. I think that's uh, just a, a call back to the original case, I think, is what the title is. Fair enough. Real life case, yeah. Yeah, 
I'm going to say one thumb slightly angled, maybe like a 45 degree, <laughs> but still up. I really liked it. Like, I think that even though like I do have like criticisms and I think that parts of it that could have been better. I did like watching it. I'm definitely going to watch it again whenever I rewatch all of them because that not only did I want to do it before, but now yeah, I've seen it. I really want to want to watch one and two. And I like to wait, like, especially on movies like that, I'll wait until I kind of forget the storyline and kind of, you know, like, forget kind of what happened for the most part. So that way when I watch, especially when, like, movies that I know have jump scares, that way it's just kind of like experiencing it again. Even though, like, obviously when I start watching it, I'll remember it. But I do. I don't like to watch, like, rewatch them a lot because um, that way I still get, like, that same feeling every time I watch it and I always, like, love it for that. But I, yeah. I do think that this movie had more potential and it's kind of, I kept like kind of like referencing it as like whenever like your favorite band tries like a new sound, it's kind of like, I don't really blame them for it, Yeah. but I don't really, yeah, I think they good. could have done it a little better or, you know, it just yeah. wasn't for me. So, but yeah, no, I did. I did really like it. I would recommend it. Um, and I plan on watching it again. So like politely drinking a cup of tea that you appreciate the effort but you know not really your flavor exactly yeah right not everybody's cup of tea thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you for geek squad where Where the the geeks geeks talk. talk